0: Hello and welcome to the ETOF21 Sports Podcast for March 17th. Happy St. Patrick's Day. How is everyone doing? My name is Eric. I'm the man behind ETOF21 Sports. We have an absolutely phenomenal podcast lined up for you today. I do not want to waste any time. My boy, XFL Jim, is going to tell you every single bet to lock in for the XFL. David is going to tell you what bets to lock in for the XFL best NCAA tournament, excuse me. I have two bets in that as well. Plus the man, the myth, the legend, Brandon. We're going to be talking some NASCAR. So we have a great show for you tonight. My apologies about last week. Insanely under the weather. Just a friendly reminder, not eat the chicken fingers when you go to the United Center, because that was absolutely brutal. Also, this Tuesday, I'm going to be announcing a new little sponsorship. So I'm really looking forward to that. So make sure you check out the ETOF One Sports Show. Sponsored by—I can't say it. I'll—I'll I'll announce it on Tuesday night. Make sure you check that out. Like I said, we have a great show for you tonight. I do not want to waste any time. I want to get this one out, get it cooking. So let's jump right into it. And we're at the part of the podcast we're talking XFL, and who better come on than the man, the myth, the legend, Jim, aka at XFL Jim on all social media. Jim, how are you doing today, my man?
1: I am doing fantastic, Eric. This is betters paradise right now. It's a gambler's wet dream. March Madness is
0: beautiful. We got college basketball again. Thank you for coming on. Those that missed it, Jim was on. And XFL, baby. Live live stream talking college basketball. Now he's back talking XFL. Before we jump into all the lines, I'm here looking at these future prices. Obviously, we have the Rednecks at plus 150. Fenders at plus 160. Then there's a big dip. I'm seeing the Battle Hawks at plus 600. What that ain't bad.
1: That? that ain't bad at all.
0: Like, I really, like, in terms of teams I could see winning it, I mean, if you had to rank the top three teams that you think those you are win, your top three. Yeah. So you've seen them.
1: Also, the fact, plus, like, also, the fact that those three are probably in the best position to make the playoffs and you're getting that much of a jump from St. Louis to D.C.
0: It's just and I really think that because D.C. beat the Battle Hawks the first time, this number is a little inflated. If the Battle Hawks win this weekend, which I think they will, and I know you think they will. This number is going to drop down immensely, I feel.
1: Yeah, I think we did this so, in the CFL a couple times. I think this is when, if you like the Battle Hawks, grab them now.
0: Now, let's shift our attention over to games. Games start off late night Thursday, Jimbo. Late night Thursday in Seattle. The Houston Roughnecks laying three and a half against the Seattle Sea Dragons over under 42 and a half. Jimmy the Sharp. I think you got this line
1: a little earlier, my friend. I did. I, I like the rough next because I don't really trust Seattle's ability to cover spreads. Um, I got a at minus three. I, I The hook scares me. The hook does scare me. I think Seattle's good enough. But obviously, every time a team plays Houston, it's always the best defense they've ever played. so much
0: worrying. But does Danucci having NFL experience used to what Phillips is going
1: to be doing? I think it helps. I do think it helps. Um, we haven't seen the Battle Hawks against him yet. It'll be – I don't I, – I could go either way on the spread. I like the minus three for Houston. I just think they're a more solidly put-together team. You're always – the issue with Danucci is he'll – He'll throw at least one pick a game. And I think against a defense as good as Houston's, he'll throw multiple. And I think the turnovers kill the Sea Dragons.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Because Danucci does throw some bad picks. Um, but I just see a home dog in Seattle. That crowd should be ruckus up there. Should be. keyword. word it should be. I'm really interested to see how many fans are in the stands. I would definitely lead the Sea Dragons if I can get over three.
1: I don't hate it. I mean, I, I'm i not going to fault you for it. I'd still – take the Roughnecks up to four myself. Okay. But I can could, I could see your logic. I like the over 42 and a half. That's my favorite play in this game is the over.
0: Yeah, I would definitely lean the over. If she's going to be throwing the ball, throwing INTs, that's going to lead to some short fields. And then the Roughnecks offense – you know what? It it puts up points, man. You, 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 it puts up Did you see the double pass?
1: I did. It was fantastic. Kirkland's a G. He's a baller. Um, if you guys remember, it's the same OC that the rubnecks had in 2020. Yeah. Yeah. This guy true, is too. he's good.
0: Yeah. He's been around the block. Um, so I I, I would lean the over and I'd lean the Over 42 and a half, and I'd lean the Sea Dragons plus three and a half. Jim already locked in the Roughnecks minus three, and I believe you got the over under at 41.
1: I did. I oh, let me let me let me confirm. Let me confirm. Look it up. I got the 41 and a half. 41 and a half. So I still had a hook.
0: Next game, we're going to Saturday, and we got the DC Defenders going to the Seattle St. Louis Battlehawks. Oh now shop around here. Shop around. I saw two or in the market. The book I'm looking at right now has a one and a half over under forty two and a half. To me, you play the Battle Hots money line here. I think it's a little inflated because the DC defenders beat them last time. Revenge, you're playing in St. Louis, which is a hell of a place to play. What's you what say you, my friend?
1: I'm you, you hit the nail on the head there. I think this is a very close matchup. I don't think DC should really be favored in this environment. Uh, I kind of think it's a wrong team favored situation. I think I like St. Louis. I like the Battle Hawks. They're not going to turn the ball over as many times in round two. I think okay. the D.C. home field advantage is real. And I think when they play away from D.C. and they play a team like the Battle Hawks, it'll be noticeable. They're still This is going to be a great game. But I'm going to give the Battlehawks the edge. I took a money line, too. I didn't bother with the spread. I just took a money line. I got plus 110 for it. Uh, And I I do like the over. Battle Dome over.
0: I think the Battle Dome over. I like that, too. Next one, we're going the Guardians late night on Saturday, traveling all the way to the Las Vegas Vipers. Guardians getting 7.5 over under 42 do we know what's know. going on with the Vipers' quarterback situation?
1: I mean, it's probably going to be the dumbest thing you see this week, but it'll probably be a mix of <laughs> Paxton Lynch and DeAndre Francois. Maybe they'll even throw in Quentin Flowers in there as a nice garnish. Uh, the way they do this quarterback situation for Orlando is so bad and so terrible. But this is my this is my hit it or quit it. This is this is my last chance for the Guardians. That that number's too big. As much as I like the Vipers and want to root for them, these are both zero and four teams. Yes, I think one is vastly superior, but that's too big of a number. I think Vegas wins, but I don't think it's that that big.
0: And you know, I if if I were to bet this, I'd bet the Guardians. But after what I saw last week, I just can't you you've get- already quit it. You're done. I'm already done. <laughs> I'm done. And my mindset is this a couple of years ago when Joe judge coached the giants, they were putting out these absurd numbers for the giants. I was like, Oh, this is too deflated. This is too inflated. And it just, it just wasn't <laughs> the giants were keeping on losing after what I saw from the guardians. I hate what they do offensively. It doesn't make sense how they rotate their quarterbacks and the, and, and I understand that they're trying to put stuff on tape to get into the league. But as a defensive player, I'm busting my ass. And I'm seeing the same routine, basic play calling offensive line, not blocking I'm I, I in the moment I'm going to get really discouraged. And my effort may not be what it should be.
1: You might it, eventually, since this is like the midpoint of the season, you might start to see a lot of defensive penalties for the guardians with those guys who are getting frustrated.
0: Yep. So it's, I don't know, man. Like I, I want nothing to do with it. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna pass. If I wouldn't take it, I'd take the Guardians, dude.
1: I'll take the under 42 in this matchup as well. I'll, I'll be on the Guardians plus seven and a half under 42. Uh I don't know if Huntley's gonna play. He still might be a little banged up, so this might be a Luis Perez game. I think Vegas is still fine either way. I still that just the number's too big. Also, I'm not gonna take any over on that poor excuse of a field that is Cashman's.
0: I mean, that field is beyond bad. It's an embarrassment still. It's an embarrassment. Like, we've talked about this numerous times.
1: I think it's the Mm -hmm. only thing that's truly embarrassing about the league.
0: Oh, I agree 100%. Like, everything you look at, even the Guardians, where the Guardians play, visually pleasing to the eyes.
1: I think even the situation right now with the Guardians, like how unorganized they look, I think that is less embarrassing than Cashman Field.
0: I think the Guardians, you can say, hey, you know what? We brought in Buckley who used to play. We thought he could, be, we thought he could lead these guys. Brought in a guy who had m- massive coaching experience. Who thought he could be an OC. Didn't work out. The Cashman field is just a lack of organization and prep. They should have never gave a franchise to, to Vegas unless they knew they had a football field. Yep. It's embarrassing. And at least just a poor product on the field.
1: It did have a sick, that Sea Dragons game was sick that was pretty badass
0: though that that sea dragons at plus 750 live someone hit
1: was phenomenal. that was sick
0: last game of the slate we're looking at the arlington renegades getting 3 going to the san antonio Brahmas over under a robust 35 and a half Jimbo.
1: and you know what give me the under i don't think you could you could put a total low enough in a renegades game that i wouldn't take the under now,
0: in terms of sides here, Brahmas, Renegades, what say you, my friend?
1: I think you could argue similar things with both teams. Both both good defenses. The defenses are probably the best part of these teams, the Renegades especially with their turnovers. Um, Offense is sort of letting them down. I do trust the, – the big thing is, though, I trust the Brahmas run game – Infinitely more than I trust the Renegades' run game. Yeah, the Brahmas got like their run game completely shut down in Seattle, but I don't see that being a consistent factor. The other thing, though, is I think the Renegades' special teams unit is better of the two by far. Actually, maybe not by far because Brahmas did just set the XFL record for longest field goal.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's that was a boomer of a kick too. That Great was a kick. freaking boomer Great kick. I, um,
1: I just like the Brahmas more, and then at home, give give me the Brahmas. I'll take the Brahma's minus three.
0: You gotta take the Brahma's minus three. That home field is is uh legit. Renegade's offensive line has been absolutely brutal. And the Brahma's offensive line can actually move the ball. I did want to ask you. You said you'd play the under and the Guardians Vipers. I'm looking at it right now. One book has the first half under of twenty,
1: but the actual total is what, like forty two? Still forty two. Hmm. I'd take it. Yeah.
0: Me too. Now I'm looking at it for the other game that you mentioned, the San Antonio Arlington game. Seventeen. Oh yeah. Yeah.
1: Uh, Jim, there might I'd be like- twelve total points scored in this game. The way these two offenses, are the way that like the offenses and defenses mix. So
0: would you, if you could find a prop no touchdown, would you take it? I would take it. Yes, <laughs> Jimbo. I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking some XFL, telling everyone what to lock in for your betting. Why do you tell everyone? Where they can find you, my friend.
1: You can find me everywhere online at XFL Gym, Twitch, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, Twitter. I'm all over. Just and anywhere that there's a garage, I'm kind of there in spirit. So, you know, just go into your garage. I'm there with you.
0: Hey, buddy. When I, I have a garage gym, when I'm working out in the morning, I feel like you're there with me,
1: dude. Yeah. As you should. <laughs>
0: Jim, thanks for coming on. Make sure to give my boy a follow. We will talk next week, my friend. Damn right we will. Please give my boy XFL Jim a follow. And now I want to jump in and talk a little NCAA basketball with my boy David, aka Better DP21. Let's jump right into it. We've reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk some basketball, and who better to come on than. David, aka Better DP Twenty One on Instagram and Twitter. David, how are you doing today, my man?
2: Doing great. You know March Madness in full effect, and just even watching some butter beaters just now. I mean, with Kennesaw just giving the game away. I mean, come on, like you know (laughs) what? They had it. They had a plus five hundred money line.
0: (laughs) I am like, that's one of the. I was contemplating playing the money line this morning. Yeah. And I just played the plus thirteen. It was one of those things, you know what I mean? I was like sweating it out because I didn't want to do that, you know. We're sure. recording this Friday afternoon. I mean, I don't mean to brag. I'm Michigan's. I hit Michigan State. I hit Kennesaw. And I'm currently sweating out the ganchos. <laughs> so, uh, on peak, and Vermont has started too. So, I mean, I got action all over the place, man. So,
2: oh yeah, no doubt. Um, so Make what we're gonna do? Us.
0: <laughs> is David's going to talk about two games tonight. I'm going to give a game tonight, game tomorrow. David, I'll let you kick it off, my
2: friend. All right, yeah. So, you know, games that I'm looking at for tonight is going to be the first one with uh Drake against Miami. Everybody loves a good, you know, 12-5 upset. I <clears throat> I'm back in Drake money line plus 125 on this game. Um, you know, looking at the line movement. Itself, I mean, it's even in favor of where it's at. I mean, um, started, opened at plus three, down to like plus two on some books, two and a half. So definitely the money's rolling in on Drake right now. Um, you know, that being said, my line uh, in terms of where I had Drake for this game was actually sitting at minus nine. So, you know, it's pretty much a nice like 10 point swing advantage uh, from where the books line is. On this, plus uh, when I was looking at this, you know, Drake is seven seven and zero on neutral territory, so like really loving that set as well to back them up. You know, Miami <clears throat> from the other end, uh, you know, they uh, as much as they have a share of the ACC regular season title, and I, you know, I always try to when I when I do my brackets, I always think of those kinds of things, but. You know, I love a good 12-5 upset. I really think this is it uh, where this is going to come into play just based on my numbers. Um, the Drake is a very defensive-minded team. You know, they got four seniors that are, you know, out there on the floor. I think they're going to make a run right now uh, starting with Miami. And, uh, you know, the, I mean, defen- defensive is like everything that Drake is known for, rebounding, um, across the board. so And and they can shoot it from three-point. I think they're like a 38 39% um, shooting team from the three-point range. So I could definitely see Drake coming out firing, uh, holding Miami down just a little bit with their defensive prowess. And um, I, I just really love taking a money line where I can. So, you know, let's get that plus 125 money in there and, you know, get a win.
0: I – agree with you because Miami's best defender was literally carried off the court. And if he can't go, who's going to guard the Drake's Drake's big man, Brody. I mean, that's a big right. thing inside. And with the way the line is moved, it's kind of suggests that he's not going to be playing. Right. So yeah, I definitely like Drake. I kind of put a little future on them to make the sweet 16, I think at plus 400. So I kind of, I like Drake in that matchup too. My first one, I'm going to my Bobcats. Give me Montana state. I took the plus eight and a half, and I also took the plus 320. This is just a great stylistic matchup in my eyes. Kansas State gave the second most fouls per game in conference play in the Big 12. Montana State, whatever metric you look at, Ken Palm has them as the fifth best team in the country getting them to the line. Statistically speaking, according to teamranking.com, they got to the three throw line the 11th most out of any team in the country. So they're going to be able to get some free points. All their offense is generated through the post. Kansas State really struggles defending the post. Also, they like to drive to the rim and get to the rack. Kansas State, one of the bottom teams in the country defending the rack. Um, And Northwell, their point guard. If you just look at his splits, the last six games, he's really struggled from the floor. And excuse me, Montana State, probably the best defensive team in the big sky. They have their defensive player of the year. I think they have the athleticism to make Kansas State uncomfortable on the wing, and then you just look at the home and road splits. Kansas State, elite at home, one of the worst teams in the country on the road when you just look at their splits. So I love Montana State. I played them plus the eight and a half. I also played them on the money line at plus 320.
2: Very nice. I like it. My Bobcat. Like yeah. My Bob.
0: What is your next play, my friend?
2: Uh Second play of the evening. Uh, they kick off actually just before – Drake and Miami by a few minutes. So I think they are the 710 Eastern game and Drake and Miami's at 725. So they're really right close to each other. But the game that I'm looking at for that is Providence in Kentucky. Um I really <clears throat> uh what, what was I looking at? The line movement on this one is very similar is what I was just explaining for Drake, right? Um, you know, and what surprises me here is and kind of maybe to public benefit, is that Public tickets are on Providence, um, a sixty-three thirty-seven split in favor of Providence right now. Um, although the line has opened at minus three and a half and is now moved to minus four and a half in favor of Kentucky. So um, I'm looking at Kentucky for the play for this game. You know, I I love betting against the public. You'd know that so well. Anybody that's listened to me all season when it comes to anything else sports related. I do not like to bet with the public on things. Um, But that being said, my line for Kentucky is actually sitting at, again, a minus nine and a half. You can can basically call that minus 10, Um, you know, and where it's at and the way that the the line movement has moved in their favor from that angle. I'm also just numbers wise all in on Kentucky for this one. You know, they, you know, the Wildcats are, you know, 14th offensive efficiency, you know, from Ken Palm. And, you know, they they also have one of the leading rebounding teams as well uh, or players from the, you know, on their team as well. So I I can actually see them just you know, making this a little bit of a statement for themselves. You know, Providence, on the other hand, uh, you know, conference rank was like, you know, toward the bubble of, of getting in here on, you know, as a number four, I think, in the conference. And uh, basically, you know, I just I don't think that they match up 100 percent here. Um, you know, they do have a good three-point shooter in, in lock And, uh, you know, similar uh, three-point percentage as, uh, as what I was describing with the Drake, you know, shooter About 38-39%, but it's just kind of whether or not Their defense can actually show up, you know To hold down Kentucky's offense I actually think Kentucky is going to come out on top on this one uh, Just based on where my data is showing So that's, uh, that's my next bet Kentucky minus four and a half for tonight
0: I think it's a good matchup for Kentucky. Um, that team, Providence, they've just been trending in a downward trajectory, and I think the big thing is is um, Oscar Shibway is going to be able to eat in the interior. I don't think I think Providence is going to have a hard time keeping him off the rim. And if this gets if Providence can't get out and run, who's gonna who do they have that can get a bucket in a half court set?
2: right
0: you know what i mean so i i like kentucky there kentucky kentucky to me is a team that's going to make it to the sweet 16 and lose by 20 or they could make it to the final <laughs> four you know what i mean they're the team that there's so much so much variance with that team it's going to be interesting to see how that kind of kind of plays out
2: Um, So to that point, they better not (laughs) because I got Purdue coming out of that side.
0: (laughs) I have Purdue losing to Memphis. Oh, no. Just just, just letting you know, I have Purdue losing to Memphis. I mean, I was.
2: Well, y'all heard it here first. I called Purdue for the whole thing. So you're going to do the whole thing? The whole way, man. I have them losing second round. Nope.
0: Really? What's your final four? Oh, let me pull it up. I just got out of it. It, I Whatever. know it was uh Was it Arizona,
2: Virginia? No. <laughs> God, no. Hold on a second. I'm getting it open right now. I mean, you're gonna be
0: blown away when you hear mine.
2: Well, tell me yours while I'm pulling mine up.
0: Um, I have Texas, Yukon, Creighton, and Memphis.
2: Okay. That's that's it's a little reach, I think, in some areas, but not all of them. Creighton, that, that surprises me a little bit.
0: I mean, they were I look at it like this. I looked at their grades when they were healthy. Right. You know what I mean? Because they were a little bit healthy. Also, I think I think the draw breaks pretty good for them. And I think the main thing with Alabama that I'm looking at, and maybe I'm overthinking it is the media is tenfold here and how is that team going to react with the more attention with the off-court issues as it gets deeper and deeper and deeper in the tournament so I'm that's kind of where my head is with them Creighton's got a big man they're elite offensively on the interior they're good against press I just I just think it's a good matchup and I I thought Arizona was going to lose to them, so Arizona going out kind of helped me out, and I think is a bluff. So,
2: yeah, I mean, okay, so I did go back and check. I did have Arizona in the Final Four. Um, yeah, I, you know, yeah. I didn't, I, I didn't realize that on this bracket. I actually thought I had switched that out, but it doesn't look oh. like I did. Um, but yeah, I had Arizona and Purdue, and I had Houston and Kansas because. I really do think they each have like just a really easy walk to get there. Um, Maybe not Purdue as much as I think uh, the other two, but I I want to see Purdue. I I kind of figured, you know, hey, if they get out of like, you know, the first two rounds and, you know, from there, I I don't really, I don't know. I don't really find that to be a really difficult thing for them to get to. Um, So anyway, we'll see. I, I like the big man down, down, down low Ed, right? Like I think he's going to yeah. hold a lot. Um, it's going to come down to that kind of thing for them.
3: The thing that
0: pisses me off about Edie the most is I, is I want to freaking hate him, but he's such a nice person. Like a yeah. couple <laughs> of the kids. That I, a, no, like legitimately, like a couple of kids that I work with, they saw him at a Chipotle here in Chicago. And like, he spent 15 minutes talking to him. You know what I mean? It's like, dude, like, why can't you just be a jerk off the court so I could just hate you you know, you know what I'm saying like I don't I do. that, really, that really pisses me off that he's such a nice guy that really that really upsets me a lot
2: yeah yeah I can um, see that.
0: I'm looking at this one right here yeah like Oral Roberts I had Oral Roberts going to the sweet 16 that kind of screwed me up a little bit in this one right here just looking at it so but in the yeah Texas. Where am I at here? I don't like the way ESPN does. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Creighton, Memphis, Texas, UConn, UConn over Creighton in the finals. Okay. Maybe it's my biggie's bias, but.
2: Yeah. Little, <laughs> definitely some there. Little,
0: little biggie's bias. <laughs> but no, I mean, my thing is, Kansas, you look at this dude. Like, you look at, like, the net rankings and everything they have Kansas. What is it? It's Kansas, UConn, Gonzaga, UCLA. And there's one other team that I'm spacing, spacing on all ranked in the top five, like their top, oh, excuse me. That's the top five seats. St. Mary's. So Kansas, UCLA, Gonzaga, UConn and St. Okay. Mary's are all like in net ranking in the top, Top eleven, and those are the top five seeds in Kansas's region. Plus, you have TCU. You can argue.
2: Okay. Well, hold, hold are on. Off.
0: No, no, you can argue their metrics are off because of how much how many injuries they've had.
2: Right. I don't. I don't think. I think St. Mary's going to lose out rates of Um So right. my my whole my whole thing was, you know, to your point of what you just pointed out, right? Like. Kansas has to face one, maybe two of those teams to get by, even though to your point, even if five of them are ranked, but they're all like within the top 11, you know, top 25 poll or whatever. Um, they have to face maybe one, maybe two of them. Like Kansas would face UConn and then maybe Gonzaga or UCLA. They don't have to face all of them. Right. So in my book, I was like, well, they're only gonna have to deal with like maybe, in my opinion, one or two true tests to like actually get to the final four. Like I, I don't I don't see that being a really difficult thing for for their team um, to get back there. You know what?
0: Just to be an asshole. My my, my, my plan Saturday, Arkansas plus four. <laughs> <laughs> Kansas says <laughs> all right, but my, my thing is this but you and- see what I'm
2: saying, you walk it out and you're like all right, am I looking too far? I, I probably am. I'm probably getting ahead of myself, but you know, so, like if I'm looking past like the first two rounds, yeah, that's that's where all of a sudden I start making my final four decisions and going, who they really got to play? Like, VCU I, could upset I think, UConn.
0: I, I'm really high on UConn. I really like UConn a
2: lot. I like UConn too.
0: I, I I really like UConn a lot. Um, but no, I I'll give Arkansas. I think Arkansas. Um. A couple things. A, we don't know if Self's going to coach. Now, it pains me to say this as a Michigan State guy. I'm rocking the Michigan State sweatshirt Mm -hmm. right now. Bill Self is the best coach right now in college basketball. And you don't have that on the sideline. I think that's a big – that hurts them, especially in a game against Arkansas. Arkansas is is physical in the interior. They can meet the physicality that the Jayhawks are going to have on the court. Plus, they have the length on the exterior to make um, the wing players from Kansas uncomfortable. I took Arkansas plus the four. That's my bet. Maybe we can put a little six-pack on it, my friend. Maybe we can I, was put a like,
2: little I was like, I can't support that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, David, thanks for coming on. David will be on the stream on Tuesday night. We'll be, we'll be talking about the – Week 16 to sort of make sure to check that out also make sure to give him a follow at better dp 21 on twitter and instagram we will talk on tuesday my friend all right thank you sir now i'd like to make sure everyone gives my boy david a follow at better dp 21 on instagram and twitter now let's switch our attention over to nascar we have reached the part of the podcast where we're going to talk nascar and who better to come on then brandon at boston boy 83 brandon
3: how you doing today, my man? Doing good, man. Hoping we, uh, we can get off this little break that we have right now and uh, cash something in on Sunday. You know, we've been close.
0: Obviously, Byron's looking pretty good. What, what what has made Byron's run so great the last couple of races?
3: I wish I could tell you. The man's just standing out. All the Hendrick cars are standing out. I find it funny, this whole Louvers thing that they altered, where every driver got fined, 100 owner points, 100 driver points, 10 playoff points, every car except Elliott because he's not racing. They're all confiscated in practice. And then Hendrick Motorsports goes out and qualifies up front, runs one, two, like six, still dominates. Four weeks in, four Chevy wins. When me and you talked early how everybody talked about Ford having the arrow and everything, I think you'll see Ford come back a little bit this week to the front because you're running out of Atlanta, which is newly paved and it's going to run like a miniature Talladega and a miniature Daytona. So going to be a lot of drafting. So I I see Ford performing well this week, but can't stop Chevy right now. It's unbelievable. Also. um,
0: Did they get a ruling on chase yet?
3: No, and they said they're not going to talk about the waiver until he's eligible to return. Okay. Yes. Now, I
0: have one, two, three, four bets for Atlanta. How many bets do you have for this race, my friend? Four. Now, before we discuss what we're betting and why, you mentioned something about how Atlanta is a little different this year. Why don't you tell everyone what, how it is?
3: Newly paved track. It's going to run like a miniature super speedway. The way the banks are, the grip they're going to have. It's going to be drafting nose to tail, side-by-side racing the whole time. It'll be fun. It's a little bit of an adjustment of a NASCAR fan because it's not your true Daytona. It's not your true Talladega. But it's going to run just like it. So I like to bet like we normally do with Daytona and Talladega where we sprinkle a little bit everywhere. But I still think you're going to have certain guys stand, stand up out front that uh, is, is on the list this week. Now,
0: we have – there's two guys we both like, and there's two yes. guys we're both running. I, one of them is Brian Blaney at 12-1. to 1. Why don't you go first, and then I'll tell – I'll say why I like Blaney.
3: Blaney's still consistent. He ran consistent all last year. He's still doing it again this year. He's going to be in the mix. Penske, Ford, Arrow Track. We talked about it right at the touch of it and talked about it earlier this year. Ford's got the Arrow apparently, at Super Speedways. Miniature Super Speedway, great spotter in Josh Williams. Blaney will be in the front this week.
0: I look at last five finishes, 5-17-5, a win for best average finish last five years, everyone. Plus, he runs well at super speedways. And I thought he looked pretty good at Phoenix for all the stuff he had to go through. So I like him at 12 to one plus. I mean, just the laws of regression with how good he's been running. He's good. He he's due. Excuse me. Uh, We both like Chastain at 12 to one. Why do you like Mr. Chastain?
3: Consistent until last week until Hamlin doored him completely. Hamlin admitted over the radio that he just let go of the wheel And was going to ride him into the wall. And NASCAR actually came out and penalized him for it. Which is actually shocking that they penalized a driver for wrecking someone. But um, I just think I like the man. He's driving on top of the wheel. I do believe he's running in the Xfinity Series on Saturday at Atlanta. So he's going to have some track experience. Uh, I like him. I had him last week. I'll have him this week. And I'm probably going to have him multiple weeks moving forward. I just like what he's doing so far. Hit me with the stats. I know you got stats on he, this. Well,
0: I look at it like he's in the Kurt Busch car that that's won in Atlanta before, back to back second place f- finishes here. In his last four four races, average finish of nine point eight. So he's he's been running well here, and he's just historically on the front. And oh my God, the Woods. What's the name of the team? The Wood Brothers, I'm right? Yep. Or They're, track house. Track house, yeah. Track house hot team you know they've been running well and I think you know we're starting to see this new team come on and pretty soon they're going to be up there with the same same breath of like the Hendricks and everything with what they're able to do in the short time what is your next one my friend
3: my third one you're going to like this I'm going with your boy Uncle Kev 25 to 1 had a shot at winning last week didn't work out for him You could tell he was feeling it. You could tell how upset he was after the race. He's going back to Atlanta. Last time he's racing at Atlanta. Oh, I think Mm -hmm. they have one more later this year. But his third race ever in the number 29, he won at Atlanta. Historically, he's been good at Atlanta. And he's looking to get that win. I think in his head, he's like, let me get this win, get into the playoffs, my final year, and just get that monkey off his back. I like Uncle Kev and grabbing him at 25 to one when it's going to be more of a restrictor plate type race. I don't think you can steer away from that and definitely grab him before qualifying.
0: Now I love me some Uncle Kev. God, do I love me some goddamn yeah, Uncle Kev. Yeah, I love do. my boy. I love my boy. Um, my next one going to Truex 25 to one. Uh, just looking at him, eight, eleven, eight, three, nine, three, two, five. Historically, has run good here. He was looking good at Daytona, and you've made the comment how this is going to run like a speedway. I think he's going to be in a good position here. There's just been a lot of hiccups he's had to deal with to start the season, but if he avoids the hiccups, I think he's going to be in a good position to get through the race and actually put himself in a position to win. So I, I like him average finish is 6.8 at this, uh, at this track.
3: I like it. I'm going to end my long shot 33 to one, the number three, Austin Dillon, He somehow is up in the mix at super speedways. I got a feeling he's going to run well this week at Atlanta with it being again, sound like a broken record at super speedway style race. And uh, I like him grabbing 33 to one in the number three at Atlanta and he'll he'll be there at the end.
0: Now, my last one and this is just a pure dart throw. I'm just going with Bowman 18 to 1 just because of the comment you made how it runs historically like a speedway. And Bowman does do well at speedways. He really doesn't do well at Atlanta. It's just the whole speedway thing that he does well. So that's why I'm going to take Alex Bowman at 18 to 1.
3: Have you looked at any top fives or top
0: 10s yet? The top 10 I was looking at that I was really intrigued with after you made that comment would be Mr. Justin Haley. He would be the only one that I'd really be in – what's the word I'm looking for? Intrigued by, if you will, just because of his history at Super Speedways.
3: Agreed. And I will say if he can stay out of trouble – I like Noah Gregson at plus 300, Three to one. If he can stay out of trouble. That that it's crazy to me.
0: Like on a side note. yep, I'm seeing a three to remember when we used to get top 20s of Corey LaJoy at four to one. Yeah. You know what I mean? It just kind of shows you how much the betting landscape has is has, has changed. They don't even offer. 20-to-1, top 20s anymore.
3: You know what I think it is, though? I think it's the new car. I really think it, it's made the sport so much more competitive and it's given these smaller teams so many more opportunities that Vegas can't sit there and put Corey, Corey LaJoy at 50-to-1 for a top 20 anymore because there's a good chance he'll get it. It It's yeah. so much more competitive. It was competitive last year and it's gotten even better this year. So I will say I, this. Top five finish, Harvick and Truex at four to one for a top five.
0: What do you think about Almond Digger uh, plus 225 for a top tenner?
3: He just hasn't shown me a whole lot yet. Like, I feel like he's got it, but I need to see that type of number at a road course before I jump on it. Uh,
0: plus 200 for uh, Josh Berry, top ten.
3: He did well last week in the number nine, he kind of shut up some critics. But I, I'm not, I'm not sold on him. He's filling a seat right now. He's trying. It's, it's going to help him future wise to possibly be driving in the Cup Series. But I love him in the Xfinity car in the number eight for Junior Motorsports. But I'm not sold on him in the Cup Series yet.
0: What about Amarillo?
3: What about him? <laughs> Well, no, top I, ten. What do you think about what, it? What is it? Uh, plus sit one sixty. No, that's not enough.
2: Okay.
3: not a bad bet. Like that—that's a huge possibility, but it's not enough for me to like really be intrigued by it.
0: Okay, All right. Brandon. I'd like to thank you for coming on, talking some NASCAR. Why, before I let you go, just one quick question Who's winning the NBA East Eastern Conference, real quick? The Bucks. Oh, look at that strategically frozen when we were talking about NBA. Brandon, I'd like to thank you for coming. <sighs> oh, unfrozen. Okay, back in it. Um, yeah, the Bucks, dude. What's it? I just
3: just thought I'd ask that question. That's cool, but I'll I'll let you have that right now. I will like get on on this note, but I'll, I'll let you have that right now. And uh oh, seems So
0: make sure to give Brandon a follow at Boston Boy eighty three. Hopefully, we can cash these tickets and make some money. We'll talk next week, my friend. All right, buddy. Have a good one. Please make sure you give my boy Brandon at BostonBoy83 a follow. That's going to do it for today's podcast. No Nick today as it is St. Paddy's Day weekend and March Madness is going on. So we elected to hold that off until next week. And plus there's a lot of moving pieces with Aaron Rodgers, Lamar Jackson. We didn't really want to dive into the quarterback position until we know exactly what's going on. So he'll be back next week to talk some fantasy. Please make sure you give... XFL Jim a follow at XFL Gym. My boy David a follow at dp 21 And Brandon a follow at Boston Boy83. Make sure you check out the ETOF21 Sports Show this Tuesday as David and I are going to talk some sweet 16 and give my boy Brandon a follow at Boston Boy83. Until next week, boys and girls.